Sing to God, sing in praise of his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds. Rejoice before him, his name is the Lord. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families and leads out prisoners with singing. Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth. Sing praise to the Lord, to him who rides the ancient skies above, who thunders with a mighty voice. You, God, are awesome in your sanctuary. The God of Israel gives power and strength to his people. Praise be to God. resurrection, Jesus appeared to his disciples over a period of 40 days and spoke of the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Almighty God, 
You who raised Jesus from the death to life and crowned him Lord of all, we confess that we do not always acknowledge his rule in our lives. Even as those who have been given the Holy Spirit, forgive us for neglecting to glorify God and pursuing the spirits of the age. Forgive us and raise us from sin that we may be your faithful people. Since God has forgiven us in Christ, let us forgive one another. 
The peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Let us love one another deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality without grumbling. Use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. If you speak, you should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If you serve, you should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. We pick up uh, reading in John's Gospel, the 17th chapter, the first five verses. John 17, listen then for the voice of God. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to those you have given him. Now, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There is an iconic scene in Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. At a decidedly English all-boys boarding school, the priest gets up to offer a prayer. The uniformed boys line the chancel. The robe priest begins let us praise God. And then the boys repeat every line as the priest says, O oh Lord, ooh, you are so big, so absolutely huge. Gosh, we're all impressed down here. I can tell you, forgive us, O oh Lord, for this our dreadful toadying and barefaced flattery but you are so strong and, well, just so super fantastic. 
Amen. Now, that borders on blasphemy, but I'm not sure that God is being mocked. Rather, the way in which prayer can become a pile of superlatives telling God how great God is, is being mocked. But underneath, the humor is the question about what God wants or requires. Does God need our adoration and praise? Does God want us to tell him that he is big or good or great? Is God a giant ego in the sky requiring a reminder that he's totally awesome? Or is God looking for all the glory after a touchdown is scored or in an Oscar acceptance speech? Giving God the glory slips so easily into common Christian speak, but what does it really mean? What does it mean? Or better said, how do we glorify God? How is glorifying God rightly understood? And why that question this morning? Well, we overhear Jesus praying in our text, and it's an intimate conversation, unvarnished glimpse into the relationship between God and Jesus, Father and Son. And the first thing from Jesus' lips in this, his last prayer, is the request to be glorified. And the second-to-last request in the same prayer has to do with glory. And some form of the word glory shows up nine times in that prayer. And that's not an aberration. Glory or glorify appear 42 times in the 21 chapters of the Gospel of John. And in our text this morning, Jesus prays. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. I've brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world began. That's a lot of glory. And glory is slippery and not easily defined. The Hebrew word that gets translated as glory has the sense of weight or heaviness, and from that, honor or importance. The Greek root for glory is doxa, from which we get doxology, and it suggests judgment or opinion, and by extension, good, reputa good reputation or honor. So to glorify someone, is to report on their character or their attributes. It's not simply thanksgiving in response to some act or gift. It has more to do with naming and honoring a weighty quality or an essential, the essential nature in the other. John Piper puts it this way. You can magnify with a microscope or with a telescope. A microscope magnifies by making tiny things look bigger than they are. A telescope magnifies by making gigantic things, like stars, which look tiny, 
appear more as they really are. God created the universe to magnify his glory the way a telescope magnifies stars. Everything he does in our salvation is designed to magnify the glory of his grace like this. So to glorify is to magnify like a telescope. To glorify is to hold up a mirror or shine a light. To glorify is to celebrate what is. So does God need us to glorify him? Is it our function to name for God who God is? You know, Jesus asks God to glorify him in order that he might in turn glorify God, and he links that to obedience. In essence, Jesus says, I glorified you by doing what you wanted me to do, by teaching what you wanted me to teach, by being who you wanted me to be. I glorified you by healing the sick, freeing the prisoner, and imaging your way in the world. I glorified you by doing the work that you gave me to do. And in John's gospel, the culmination or the completion of that work is the cross, a mysterious and grotesque glory. But the culmination of Jesus glorifying God is the crucifixion. So Jesus prays, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And then hours later, he breathes his last with the same word. It's finished. Jesus is glorified by being who he is, even unto death on the cross. God is glorified by Jesus being who he is, even unto death on the cross. And all of that is to say that giving God glory has something to do with the fulfillment of our rightful role and responsibility in the created order. To glorify God is in part a function of obedience to the way and will of God. In the 1924 Olympics, Eric Liddell, a Scottish Christian, was scheduled to race against Harold Abrams, Abrams an English Jew. Liddell refused to run on Sunday on the Sunday qualifying heat because it violated his understanding of the Sabbath. And these characters in this conflict is captured in the movie Chariots of Fire. So Chariots of Fire and a Monty Python reference. Children, go ahead and ask your parents about these ancient artifacts. But the way the movie frames the story... Liddell runs for the glory of God, and Abrams runs to overcome anti-Semitism. And in one iconic scene, Liddell misses a prayer meeting because of his running, and his sister upbraids him and accuses him of no longer caring about God. And Liddell tells her that though he intends to eventually return to China as a missionary, 
he feels divinely inspired when running. And that not to run would be to dishonor God. He says, I believe that God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Dear friends, it seems to me that in being who we are created to be, we glorify God. That's not to exclude telling God in song or prayer how great God is. But it is to recognize that when we pursue God's intention for creation, we magnify God. And when we are obedient to God's way and will, when we are rightly who we were created to be, we glorify God. As singers and scientists, as athletes and astronauts, as bakers and bookworms, golfers and garbage men, as parents and children, as neighbors and friends, we glorify God. We were created to run and study and laugh and make love and explore and build and serve and sleep and and when we do so, we glorify God. Irenaeus, a second century church father, is credited with writing something akin to the glory of God is a human being who is fully alive. There's more going on in the original text, but that line has come to mean that when we are fully human, rightfully or obediently taking up our calling, God is glorified. God is glorified in all of our beauty and our brokenness, in the abundance of our joys and sorrows, in our finest moments and our flaws, in a human being who is fully alive. Clay Brower and Addie Larson are graduating in the next few weeks. I'm sure this is not how they envisioned their last few months of high school. And we miss celebrating this passage with them. We'd like to magnify their accomplishments. But I'm also reminded that the glory of God is expressed in them living into their unique gifts and callings. God is magnified by who they are and how they might use their gifts for the good of others and in pursuit of the shalom of creation. They can give God the glory, but we see it in them. We see the glory of God in their full humanity. Thanks be to God. Rick Warren, megachurch pastor and winsome, goofy guy for Jesus, made a big splash with his book, The Purpose Driven Life. It sold over 30 million copies, and just imagine the sales of coffee mugs, T-shirts, and movie rights. The book opens with a great line. It's not about you. But later on, Warren writes this. It is all for him. 
The ultimate goal of the universe is to show the glory of God. It is the reason for everything that exists, including you. God made it all for his glory. Without God's glory, there would be nothing. What is the glory of God? It is who God is. It is the essence of his nature, the weight of his importance, the demonstration of his power, and the atmosphere of his presence. We stand in a long tradition that recognizes creation as the theater of God's glory, and that the intention of and ultimately the consummation of creation is for God's glory. And everything in the middle is for God's glory. You were created for God's glory. Whatever is bent, marred, or deviates from God's glory is sin. But even that will ultimately be redeemed by the work of Christ for God's glory. And our place and purpose is to magnify God in obedience, in being fully alive. As question and answer number one in the Westminster Shorter Catechism has it. What is the chief end of man? And the answer, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So dear friends, I'm not sure that God needs us to go on and on about how great he is. But we were created for obedience, and in obedience, glory. So in our singing and our praying, may God be glorified. In our work and our leisure, in tending after our pets, in loving our parents, in serving as elders and deacons, in raising children and raising a glass. May God be glorified in all that we do, in all that we are. May God be glorified for all glory begins and ends in God. Amen.
God of glory, we give you praise and thanks for giving us this time to be alive. You created us in your image. You planted eternity in our hearts. You revealed yourself in the person of Jesus Christ. You came and redeemed us that we might have life and have it to the full. Glory. May we live fully alive where we are, just as we are in you. In our community, we lift up those who are grieving loss, the Vryhoffs, the Quists. We lift up those whose bodies need healing, Karen Sluice, Mina Visser, Walt Ottenhoff, Cole Meyer. We lift up those whose hearts and minds need healing. We lift up our world, which needs your healing. We celebrate the way members of Hope's Hope are using their gifts, sewing masks, producing videos, and spreading ordinary kindnesses to make life sweeter for others. Compel us to keep living generously. We celebrate new life with the births of Henry Mark and Ellie Lynn. May your hand of blessing be upon their lives so that they may flourish and bring flourishing to others. Lord, in our joy, in our pain, our confusion, loneliness, fear, or peace, in whatever state we lie, may it be a path leading us to you and fullness of life. And may we be one as you are one. St. Irenaeus said, the glory of God is a human being fully alive. Help us to live and love and labor in ways that truly give you glory in such a time as this. Establish the work of our hands so that our labor and living is not in vain. To you be all glory now and forever. Amen. So family of God in Jesus Christ, 
Go now to live out the glory of God. Go to love God and to love neighbor, to serve God and to serve neighbor. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his light upon you and give you peace now and forevermore.